Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is importance of incense and rocks. Somewhere along the way, we have discovered that incense and rocks are equally as important to us as our simple tools. Both of these have become interwoven into our practices of ritual and magic. This may be a natural evolution of some of our talents, or maybe the universe is just pointing us in ways that match our personal affinities. Who knows? One of us has an almost uncanny ability for growing plants. Everything she touches flourishes and seems to sprout without any extra effort on her part. Her backyard where we practice frequently is almost a jungle during the short growing season that we have. This may be the result of our connection with the genus loci or because this spot has naturally become our most common gathering place for ritual. Because of this affinity, she has an amazing gift for creating incense blends. The combinations of herbs and resins she crafts always seems to produce amazing quantities of smoke, and the correspondences she uses matches our intended purposes in interesting ways. I, on the other hand, have only to look at a plant and it shrivels up and dies in an inglorious death. I have tried without success to grow anything over the years and have learned to just enjoy green things from a safe distance. However, the energy of rocks speaks to me on almost an elemental level. I pick different ones for us to work with for rituals and magic for several reasons. First, they can be touchstones or reminders of the purpose of our current focus. And second, they can serve as energy supplements, boosting our ability to create change. Because of this, we now have rocks all over our homes, and we usually are carrying a selection of them around with us. Does that make a person lethal weapon? Walking the path has given us an appreciation of our individual kinships we have developed with some part of the natural world. By working with our own talents, we are able to each bring something to the table to share that enhances our practices and growth. Part of our practice is to recognize our gifts and our limitations. Everyone who walks a spiritual path has some sort of talent or skill. For example, do you love to cook and or bake? You might be able to create wonderful treats to use as part of housel. Do you have the ability to put words together quickly and effectively? You might write wonderful rituals and spells. Figuring out ways you can more personalize what you do is another way to generate spiritual growth. Hey, Dave. Hi, Elizabeth, and happy solstice to you. Well, thank you. Yes, it has passed, and I have been quietly reflecting on the fact that it's our new year. Yep. You know, I mean, we're practical. I got, I got through my three days of quiet. I was able to do what it ended up realistically being 19 hours of no electricity. Um, okay. You know, no, no data or anything else. I just unplugged for that, that particular period. And today I noticed that today is a little bit longer than yesterday. So the wheel continues to spin and, I'm full of hope. Yeah, I am too, in that respect. 
for me, at New Year's, people make resolutions. And I think one of the reasons we settled on the path to celebrate New Year's and winter solstices, we're practical people and it kind of matches the calendar. And you have all sorts of other holiday celebrations going on, so why not take advantage of the energy? Sure. And for me, this year is all about remembering to commit to some of those daily practices again, you know, because I value those. My year, my year ahead, just to, to share with you, is going to be about awareness. Uh-huh. Um, and by that, I mean understanding what is happening in this here and now and each this here and now. You know, what am I in and what is my role in it? Mm-hmm. Like, and how did I get here? Sometimes. Well, no. I, sometimes, you know, sometimes I need to not dwell on how I got here. Sometimes <laughs> I need to dwell on where I am. Well, Any, anyway, for me, this year is going to be about awareness. Well, there you go. I like the word. So with that being said, today we're going to talk about the importance of incense and rocks. For I, I just love that you use rocks and not stones or gemstones or crystals. I just love that it says rocks. <laughs> you can call them all sorts of fancy names. And I don't worry about distinguishing what makes this one a crystal and this one whatever. At their heart of hearts, a rock is a rock and it knows it. And any People rock is came up with these fancy names. Any rock that we hold in our hand is almost invariably going to be older than any person that has ever lived. Oh, please, yes. Okay, even yeah. if the pebble, <laughs> you have no idea what what what's in it, and it's gray and it's weathered from being tossed about in a lake or an ocean somewhere for years. You know, they do travel, yes, in different ways than we do. And that's, this is said from the person, if you listen to the actual metaphysical kernels of thought, I admit to being the person who cannot grow anything anywhere ever. I will testify and verify that that is a true statement. <laughs> yes, I, I managed to kill cactuses that you're supposed to leave alone with benign neglect forever. You know, it's just, I have tried diligently over the years, A, because my mother was a gardener and was convinced that I could learn to do this. And she was even more stubborn than I am and never gave up on that thought. Or You are much better at growing people than you are at growing plants. Thank you, yes. And then it seems to be almost required of a witch that you work with herbs and be able to grow your own at least some at something at some point. Well, that's why you had Susie, right. Thank you, yes, exactly. Absolutely to gravitate to each other because we had those different skill sets. She we only still had have jars and jars and jars of herbs. <laughs> Especially sage. Oh, we, yeah. I, we used to yeah, joke it was her spirit jars and 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 jars. <laughs> yeah, and anybody is in our general area and ever needs like enough Sage for 10 Thanksgiving turkeys, we always had extra, you know. And we used to joke about it because she had that natural affinity that all she had to do was look at it. You could see it perk up and say, Oh, you yeah. notice I'll grow and be spectacular because you like me, kind of thing. And it used to make me nuts. Yeah, I miss her. I miss you her know. touch in the garden. Yeah, I do too. You know, but, but you understand where I'm what I'm saying, because you get it. And I, on the other hand, made her personal lethal weapon because I have an affinity for rocks. 
as he put it. Yeah, no, kind of not. If, 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 there had, if there had ever been a time where there was any question who she had been hanging out with, all I had to do was to be to weigh Susie's purse before she left and then weigh it when she came home. And if it was a half a pound heavier, she'd been at your house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's, but it's cool because, I mean, I miss her deeply. We have our incense recipes, so I can make the incense. I just can't grow the herbs. Right. <laughs> you know, and incense is important because, as you said, it's a sensory kind of thing. Well, and that was at the, at, at the beginning of this, you know, we talked about um, when we were having coffee beforehand, I, I started off saying, well, yeah, incense is vital to me, but not so much the rocks. Um, yes. Because at the time that I was thinking about that, you know, incense is a sensory thing. There's a particular sense. So for me, what that means is there is electrochemical and biological and biochemical and neurological and all of these different effects and changes are made to my body as a result of smelling something. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about the incense, not so much about the rocks going into this. Now I realize we're going to take this discussion a bit further, but to me, I, I know you're the rocks person and Susie was the herbs person. I guess I, I'm the sensory person because I wanted for her, her herbs for the tastes or the sense in incense that mm -hmm. they would give to me. The rocks to me are, for, la for a lack of a better word, they're chess pieces. They're a totem or a placeholder or a, a stage prop. That is something for me to use to represent something else. Mm -hmm. And so in that representation, there isn't necessarily directly a physical sensation. But then having that thought, you know, I, I said, all right, so if I'm going to say that I am all about sensory things in my rituals, you know, and in my practice, and I look at my altar and yes, I have things on there that feel a certain way or have a certain weight or a certain tactile touch. And I have things that have looks where when I look at them, I have different sensory reactions and I have things smells again, like incense or scented candles. Um, I have two or three different things on my practice um, workspace that make different sounds Mm -hmm. Um, because sound for me is a part of it. And yes, I do have some tastes in that there's always a little dish of salt. There's always a little thing of sugar. I have different things. So I realize I am covering all the senses. And then I look back at the rocks and say, yeah, okay. I have this rock that I use as a representation for this particular totem or this particular prop but I use this particular rock because of its weight or its density or its shape or, its or the way it looks and its surface and its reflections. So, yeah, I, I, I have talked myself around to the rocks are important as well. <laughs> I find it interesting that you describe incense in terms of sensory because I can put a rock in my hand and I get an energetic connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I work so well with rocks. 
And in that sense, the energy is a message to me that this is what you're supposed to use me for. And it doesn't always match those traditional correspondences. Right. Well, and that's just I like, get the feeling that they're laughing at us in the traditional correspondences kind of thing. And I literally get a physical sensation that is very sensory when I connect with rocks. Well, and, and here's the thing. When I used to ask Susie, you know, hey, does the garden need watering? She would walk out and run her fingers through the tips of the leaves on her tomato plants. And then turn to me and say, no, they're okay tonight. Yes. So there was a physical sensory connection for her with her plants, mm -hmm. just like there is for you with your rocks. Yeah. And it works. And the, yeah. idea, and the idea is she and I came from very different types of sensations in that respect. Herbs are much lighter. Oh, energy. My God, I just realized something. What? Animal, vegetable, mineral. Yeah, it's the same idea. And I have always been an animal you, kind of a person, but yet yeah, Susie was the plant whisperer. You are the mineral whisperer. And <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, but, and, and when you start thinking of it in those terms, that's a great way to get to the main point of what we wrote, why we wrote this. Sure. You don't have to be good at everything. Well, and it doesn't have to be incense or rocks. It's no, not an it or. It's using no. those as an example of find, yes, find, find the passion that connects you. Exactly. Are you do you, are you great with words? Then write rituals and spells and chants and whatever connects. If, if you're really good at drawing curly cues, then dress a whole boatload of. I almost said a nasty word. Uh, a whole boatload of candles. You know, draw yeah. draw curly cues on candles if that's your thing. Yeah, and, and whatever it is that puts you in that place where you can suspend that mundane disbelief in magic that we all have drummed into us. You know, I bet there's a huge, I, I've never had any experience with traditional origami, but I bet there's a huge component there, the meditative component of working with the pa different grades of paper and different fields. It has sure. to be folded in a certain way. You know, so yeah, and the idea of, of, you know, if you if you bake for God's sakes, if that's what floats your boat, create right. amazing stuff for housel and stick in different ingredients in there, make an herb bread. It's another way to use herbs, kind of thing. But figure out what clicks that switch in your brain. Yeah. Is what we're talking about when we said the importance of incense and rocks. Incense was Sue's thing. Rocks are my thing. Find your yeah. thing. I think I need a puppy. Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> you need a puppy. I'm just I'm just going to leave that there for now. If you just um, put that out in the universe, you can't leave it. You're going to have a puppy show up in two weeks. I know you. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. I've you been around you too long. I'm just trying no. to picture it so that I at least have some input on what kind of puppy. There you go. You know, no. Well, but, yeah, no, but, but you yeah, need to. Yeah, if you want to go back to topic, sorry about that. No, that's part of topic though, because it was that whole animal, vegetable, mineral thing. Oh yeah, there you go. Find your affinity, and you rejoice that you have it because you do. Okay, I'm saying anyone who is a witch has an affinity for something. 
that make you feel more connected to your magic, to ritual, to spirit, to whatever the hell you want to call that most basic part of what you do. And if you try that thing that you've done for years and you realize that it's not doing it for you anymore, bro, find your find your new thing. Find find exactly. what is available in your environment to be able to give you the right collection of those sensory inputs to be able to give you the the state of mental clarity or whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole point about the importance of incense and rocks. At their most basic, a rock is a rock. Incense is just herbs put together or even only one herb burning. You but, know, it, 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 it's funny just reflecting back on this. I sort of discounted the the tactile of rocks simply because I don't, even after having worked in a rock store, I don't really have that much of a physical sensation. Mm-hmm. But I realize that that's a limitation of mine. You know, we talked in the in the reading here about, you know, recognizing our gifts and our limitations. Well, please, yes. Yeah, I I don't necessarily feel rocks or do rocks. You aren't, um, for your own neurological reasons, you aren't able to visualize. So um, I think that's part of this searching for these things that give us connection is understanding that stuff that works for everybody might not work for us. Exactly. I keep saying, yes, you know, Part of greatest part of being a witch is you get to pick and choose what you want. Every day. Every day. Every minute of every day. You're not stuck. Yeah. If you if you're not feeling what you're doing, do what you need to do to get feeling what you need to feel. Yeah, and don't and don't feel like just and and as humans we have a tendency to get a little bored real quick. I'm sorry, what? Okay. Yeah, okay, squirrel. Squirrel. But you understand what I'm saying. We yep, all have a tendency to get bored real quick, and sometimes it requires us. And let's be honest, all of us are uncomfortable with new and change and different part of the human condition. I'm working on it. Unfortunately, sometimes, because we could be a lot better humans if we could get past some of that more often. But the point I tried to make is just don't try something once sometimes. I have a silly philosophy that says I'll try anything twice. Yes. And people say, why twice? And I say, well, because the first time just might have been an off night or a bad night. Yeah, or you may not. If I try it twice in a row and I don't like it twice in a row, I'm probably (laughs) not going to like it. If yeah, I try it twice and I don't like it the first time and I do like it the second, it gets a third try. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's the whole point of what I was just saying is the All right. any of us try something that makes us uncomfortable. Sure. We're not, we're not sure what we're doing or what we're supposed to experience or whatever. I like your idea of trying it twice. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, and, and uncomfortable is not necessarily bad. It's just yeah. uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. And guess what? Uncomfortable from fades the more you do something. That's right. You know, and it, or if it stays uncomfortable, then you you know that's your intuition saying, stop doing that, you stupid fuck, and move on to something that is a new uncomfortable. 
Oops. No, we're 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 an adult podcast. We can use a. Oh, word. okay. <laughs> hey, here, know. I've been trying. I've been trying to be somewhat clean. Oh, anyway, too. but it comes out every once in a while. You know, so I think that's kind of it. Go forth and find your affinity, please. You know, share and, it with and, email and, or and, and be kind. And be kind with yourself when you accept that what was long your affinity might not be anymore. Or when you try something because you really want it to work and there's no way it's ever going to happen. Right. Remember the old lady crone over here in the corner who could can't grow stuff. And guess yeah. what? I don't beat myself up for it anymore. You know, right. I found rocks instead and I'm much happier. Plus, I don't have to water them. Well, there's that. In the right amount. So with that being said, if you have nothing else to add. No, no, I think I'm uh, I, I think I'm ready to go forth and conquer. There you go. And enjoy the rest of your day. So and to all of you who are listening, please do the same. And with that being said, may you find mirth and reverence in everything you encounter today. <laughs> be safe, be kind, and be loved. Lots. Practices in the path. These are the hows and whats that we, as practitioners on the path, actually do in our own lives. Everything from the various tools that we work with, as well as those we don't and why, to the solar and lunar cycles, herbs we use, crystals and stones that we work with, candles, incenses, and anything else we come up with that can give an understanding of what we personally do with our magical practices. We're going to talk about some of those little daily practices, things that you and I indulge in. And it can be seen as a personal indulgence in a lot of ways. But there are things that don't take long to do, don't require anything other than you most of the time. Maybe an occasional tea light, but nothing major. You can mix and match them for yourself. And you and I literally sat down before we recorded and each came up with a list of five, right off the top of our heads, stuff that we do on at least a semi-regular basis. And yeah, the these, are, these, these are at least these five or five things that I do. And then I broke it down to, to one word of what it is that I'm trying to ch- achieve with that particular moment of magic. Oh, I like that. And I, which was I, in which is interesting to me because then I look out in that column and it's sort of a, it's a reinforcement for me that I'm using my magic in what my universe and I have decided is an appropriate and um, proper manner. Um, and, and just, yeah, not, not to rabbit hole you here, but the five things that I'm going to talk about are going to resolve down to, I do this one for sanity, I do this one for safety, I do this one for security, I do this one for creativity, and I do this one for sanctity. So I look at those five, the first five things that I wrote down, and mm-hmm. I look at the reasons or what it is that I'm trying to get from them, and I don't see greed or jealousy or those kind of things. I, I see wholesome goals. But so that just made me feel good, and I kind of wanted to share it for a minute. Oh, well, there you go. Now, now, I don't wish for a million dollars. I would. I wish that when I come back to my house, it looks the same and 
not worse and potentially maybe a little better than it did when I left it. You know, well, that, those kind of things. Yeah, oh, I know. Exactly. It's those, it's those little, just stop and notice the magic moments. Or in my case, they reinforce sometimes when I am buried in the mundane that, yes, I am a witch. Which gives well, me and a I, perspective I, sometimes. We remind ourselves that we are practitioners. But I, I, it just occurred to me, you know, that there are big spells that Susie and I did over a period of moons when we first got this property to secure it and buried some things in the corners and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that when I do my little locking my front door thing, I am also in that moment recharging the the bigger spell or the greater work that I put into it. So they're sort of like little catalysts or reactivator moments. Yeah, I like that. Bring the chemistry and physics into it, which you and I tend to do anyway. All right. Shall we take turns reading our lists? Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to go every other? Do you you know what? I'm going to let you do your list because I know that there will be stuff that we'll talk about on the way through it. So go ahead. Okay. Number one, I look for the moon every night and try to see what phase it's in. I have Ooh, a, I love that. I have a back patio door that I can swing open and stick my head out regardless of the weather without drowning if it's raining or being hit by ice pellets. And know, and even when it's cloudy, I know it's there. And sure. It forces those little subtle changes of waxing and waning and increasing and decreasing energy that if I'm aware of, it okay. makes me understand myself and my own energies a little better. Yeah, even if it's cloudy, I can face towards a new moon and understand that this is this is the introspective beginnings time. And, and yeah. it's neat because I sort of got a little bit lazy with my moon focuses over the last few weeks. But you've been the person texting me saying, hey, you know, take a deep breath, pull your head up out of that computer and go look at the moon for a minute, will you? Yeah, exactly. Because it's and out. For, for and people it's out there. For people out there that are solitaries, you know, you can always, when you notice one of those things, um, my hope for everybody out there is you do have one friend someplace that you can shoot a text to and say, hey, um, I just looked at the moon and thought about you and think you should go look at it, too. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a witch friend. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's a gorgeous night sky when it's out. It's actually not. It, it's the season of the year where we often don't see the sun and the moon because it's cloudy a lot. And the fact that it was actually through the clouds last night was like, ah, you know. Right, right. Well, uh, in this time of year, I'm, I'm the every time there's blue sky and sunshine, I have to point it out to three different people because it, it is including me, which is great. I try to set my morning intent while the coffee maker's brewing. Now, you have you have said that and described it to me before in brief, but yeah. what is the what is the output or what is the what do you get from, from that? It, do you do you resort resolve it down to like this is going to be a word that I think of today or yeah, pretty much like what do I want to what do I need to accomplish or what do I need to get through my day? Some days it's patience. Some days, some days it's, I just want to see something magical. I, and sometimes it's like, it's like that wish. 
You know yep. what I'm saying? It, or whatever I need. And it literally, I will light that. I have a little tea light that I keep next to the coffee maker. Some days I light it. Some days I don't. And it's just a mental, oh, I lit the candle kind of thing. Sure. You know, and I just. It's add. funny because I have, for those that, that listen regularly, I have burning charcoal over here. So you get it. I lit my charcoal, and of course, I'm not even going to probably get to putting anything on it because the charcoal is my incense. Exactly. And then the third thing I do is I take three deep breaths. One for body, one for mind, one for spirit. We often do that as part of different parts of ritual. Yeah. It seems to, yeah, I usually do that, like, and I don't close my eyes, like I do in ritual when I do it, like if I'm in traffic and I can feel myself getting a little crazy with the drivers around to me or back in line at the grocery store and the person in front of me is paying with pennies kind of feeling. Sure. You know, and it just reminds me, it settles me. So you you do that with breathing and now you have trained yourself to the fact that when you take those three deep breaths and think those three words, you are having physiological results. Yes, I am. I, I know that because I do something similar in that when I find myself in one of those circumstances, like, you know, earlier I had a little misunderstanding with a roommate, you know, we're humans to happen. Yes. Um, what, what I do is I try to stop and it's actually borrowed from a lot of different meditation techniques, okay. but I do, a, I do a quick five sense check. Okay. Mm-hmm. What am I, what am I feeling? I'm standing. I can feel the earth under my feet. I can feel my feet. What do I see? What do I smell? What, what do, do I, I see? Yeah. What do I smell? And when I do those things inherently at the end of them, my blood pressure is down about 10 points. My mm-hmm. breathing also relax so that's kind of my it's interesting that we have pretty much different methodologies for we're achieving the same things what's your number four okay i give thanks for blessings and not just for food gratitude gratitude yes i am a big gratitude person you know a it makes me aware that i have what i need I may not have everything I want, but I have what I need. And that's a big difference. Right. You know, and then the the fifth one is I will sometimes in the morning make that commitment to really look for those synchronicities that show up regularly in my life, usually when it's telling me what my next writing project is going to be or something equally fun. But you know what I mean? The synchronicity, sure. those things that like, let you know that magic is all around you. And sometimes when I make that conscious 10 minutes, I'm going to look for it and I'll see them, which sure. also reminds me that they're always there even when I'm not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, uh, uh, you know, I'll say to myself at a certain point during the day, you know, I'll I'll have a thought about Susie or whatever, and I'll be like, okay, so show me that you're there. Show me that that you know and you understand what I'm feeling right now. And you always and- get it. Ten minutes later, a cricket will land on my knee or something, and I'm like, "Yeah, all right, great." Um, I do the same thing with my with my mom, you know, where I'll I'll be like, you know, show me that there is connections beyond what it is that my eyes can see, mm-hmm. and invariably, with like you say, when you once you tune into it, turn your radar off. 
radar up, you will see things that were going to happen anyway. Okay, so that's my five. And they literally center me and remind me I'm a witch. Because my struggle, personally, is I have a tendency to get really bogged down in the mundane simply because I'm surrounded by so many people who have mundane needs all the time. You know, especially teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, so that just taking, and it's taking that two minutes for me. I'm also learning today as a friend that randomly sending you a text to remind you, hey, uh, you're pretty magical. Yeah. All right. What's your list? So that the first thing I thought of, and, and this is probably some sort of Freudian thing, this means I probably know what I'm going to be doing sometime this afternoon when the rain breaks. When I'm getting on my bike, when I'm getting on my bike, every single time I throw my leg over that thing, even if it's miserable and I'm going to work or whatever, every time I throw my leg over that bike, any of my bikes, I remind myself of the joy and the freedom and the independence that I found on a bike when I was 11 and 12. And I still have that sort of, I can, I can do curly cues and, and go anywhere I want, even though I, I try to practice being a good um, commuter or whatever. Yeah. But that the freedom, um, the ability for me to escape and all of those things. So I, when I turn my leg over, I talk to her and essentially it's just saying her name, Rasadante. Essentially, in that moment, I'm saying I want this ride to be safe, and I want you, the bike, to understand how special and precious it is in my life that I have you and that I was able to go back to riding in my 50s and that I'm still able to get up and put my leg over this thing no matter how much it hurts. So yeah. um, I, I put that all under sanity because... Riding a bike is one of those things in my life that if all of a sudden tomorrow something changed where I was physically unable to do that, I would actively seek help in finding something to replace it. It's that important to me. I understand. So my bike is more about my mental sanity than it is about the physical exercise. Hey, whatever works. I uh, I like to do wind therapy is, is what I refer to it as. Um, the next one on my list was oh sorry no all I can think of at that point is when it's windy I like to go out and stand and face into the wind because it like blows all that crap away and all of a sudden I get those little moments of mental clarity all of a sudden I used to love to be able to do nowadays you would call it doing the Titanic okay. um, be up Decades yeah. before that movie was made, I used to love to do that when I was in the Navy. Go right up, get permission from the big bridge, and go right up to the bullnose on the forecastle, and just, yeah, I yeah. am the I am the first being to breathe this air in however long. I'm in the middle of the ocean, and I'm at the leading edge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the same idea. Yes. Okay. So number- the next, yep, number two for me is um, when a loved one leaves. And you've seen me do this for 10 years, and we've never actually talked about it. Mm -hmm. But it's very, very rare that I'll close my door while someone's still in the driveway. Generally, I'll step inside my doorway, and then I'll wait while the person backs up. 
or when my uh, my current partner is an over-the-road truck driver. So it takes her a couple of minutes to get the truck running or whatnot. And as she passes by the door, I want to be, just like when you pull away, yes, I want to be standing there. I want to be able to wave or salute or blow a kiss or a gesture uh-huh. just at that last little glance. And that, for me, is the safety. Yeah. I am try- trying to send you away safely so that we get to meet again. I like that. So never- that, that's why I'm always standing out on the porch. Even if you sit out there for 10 minutes and, and, and talk to Lexi or whatever, it's fine. That mm-hmm. whole time I'm looking at the sky and I'm thinking about Susie and I'm taking those breaths and not rushing off to the next thing because I want people to see as they leave that I wish them well and I do want them to be you know, safe and healthy and come back again. Well, thank you for that. Now I know why you're standing there. Yeah. Um, you, you've also seen me do this the, the hundred times that you picked me up before, but in this one, I, I sort of picked up from Susie. But when I lock the door, I do a quick pent in the air, just draw a pen with my finger over the door lock. Yeah. But when I do that, I think about those four jars that we buried so long ago in the corners. And I, I think about the fact, all right, yep, still be standing, still be unbroken. If a cleaning fairy wants to come through, that's fine, but no damage until I return. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, that's a security. Return. Let's, let's, let's put that into it, too, if you really want to get technical. What's that now? No damage when you return either. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that's all about security. Big surprise. <laughs> I do a little routine when I tune my guitar. When I when I pick up a musical instrument and and check its tuning for a moment before I play um, any guitar, and I I have to say I do the same thing with the drum set. Where when I get behind it, and this is kind of a common thing where you'll see a drummer reach out and sort of touch everything. That's that's a a form of sonar with our fingertips. We're actually measuring distances and sort of. Sort of like adjusting your rear view mirror and your seatbelt and your tilt steering and getting yourself all ready. Well, there's a there's a couple of physical things that I've patterned myself to do when I'm tuning a guitar as well. It's sort of the same idea, you know. I, I sort of touch it here and I touch it here and I touch it there. And for me, it's all about at that point, creativity. I watched Susie once, and I loved it, but she spent about 10 minutes looking at a jar of brushes. She had all of her paints out. She had her canvas out. She spent about 10 minutes looking at a jar of brushes, and then she finally took a brush out of the jar, and she spent another five minutes just looking at the brush and turning it around and looking at the bristles and whatnot. And I realized that, yeah, she was sort of having a conversation with that paintbrush what's in there what 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 are you going to help me bring out of me today and that sort of thing and so i do that with any like i say musical instrument primarily guitars but it's sort of a okay hi, almost like the first couple of steps with a new dance partner if you're in a, a function or something like that and there's that first couple of steps to make sure that everybody's comfortable where this hand is going to lay and, and, and we understand, we understand this is how our toes are going to fit together and, and away we go. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Um, so that's uh, that's my creativity hack. 
And then in the morning when I put on my my necklace, which is my talismans and whatnot, um, you know what I wear on there. And, um, you have been friend to me pretty much through the entire sequence of everything that's on that necklace. But mm-hmm. when I put that on, it, it, it may sound silly, but I have a dances with wolves moment with myself where there's a, a moment in there where Costner and the native Americans characters are exchanging gifts mm-hmm. and there's like a chest piece that's very fancy and intricate bone work and feathers. Um, you can almost call it like a cod piece, but for the chest sort of thing. Yeah. And when, I, when I put my necklace on in the morning, you know, I think about that as being my spiritual armor. And I sort of feel all the hairs on my body stand up and sort of pop out for an inch, like, and okay, and there's my aura. And mm-hmm. so that for me is a sanctity moment in that I I almost see it like a priest or a monk putting on their robes at the beginning of the day. Yes, or the, the vestments they wear around their neck. Yeah, the vestments and, and yeah, things I, like that, where when I put that on, I have been making a commitment to myself that I am going to be that guy. Um, the one time, the one time since <laughs> it's funny, right. the old habits, funny the old habits come out. But the one time since I started wearing that particular necklace, that I was upset and in a confrontational situation with the person that, frankly or fortunately, was diffused but could have gotten angry. Way out of hand, yes. I caught myself taking the necklace off, and I realized, uh-huh. oh, oh, yeah, oh, I want to step out, and it was part of what helped me diffuse because I recognized, all right, I, I don't want this guy to do that. So, and for me, that that sanctity or that that reminding myself that there is something magical and precious about self. Okay. Um, and, and, and it's neat because sanity, safety, security, you're, you're doing the same things just in different methodologies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're both expressing immense gratitude. Yeah. In our we're own both, way. We're, we're both making, uh, making a point of tuning into what's around us and, and looking for those little magical signals. And, um, I started hearing them referred to as glimmers lately. Oh, I like that. A glimmer of sanity. I love it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. That's how I look at those synchronicities some days, you know. But anyway, that's that's just a handful. And that was what well, we sat down with a cup of coffee and over three or four minutes we both had a list of five and there's I mean there's things that I say to myself when I'm putting my shoes on, there's things that I say to myself when I'm changing my contact lenses. You you begin to realize that, yes, we are living, breathing, and valid about what we do. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part of it. And I want to impress on anybody who's listening to us ramble, if you take nothing away from this, nothing is too big or too small. If you want to indulge in some sort of daily practice, and it's the little stuff, I think that's more important than the big ritual. Because we can do a big ritual and come away, oh, yeah, that was the best ritual ever. But that high does not last from same movie to movie. Sure. 
season to season, and you need those little daily things to get you over those humps in between. That's number one. And number two, you are not stuck doing the same thing every day. If you find something that's floating your boat that really works right now, and it works for three weeks, and then you wake up and say, I don't want to do that. You don't have to keep doing it. Find something else. And you can mix and match these little daily things so that you have variety all the time, which I think is one of the best parts. Well, and I'm going to combine your two points using a reference that's so old that only those of us will get it. Um, they can look I think, it up. I think the, the, the younger ones can either look it up or find a reference for it in Charmed because I'm sure there's one in there. But you right. and I grew up with Bewitched. Yes, we did. She she had that little wiggle to her nose. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has that. Yes. Not necessarily the ability to wiggle our nose or our no. ears, but every single one of us. And this is what what I say is go out and find your own little nose wiggle or Shazam or Abracadabra or Finger Wave or Zorro sign. Find yours. And yeah. use it. Understand that when you wiggle your toes inside your shoes or whatever, you are activating magic. Yeah. And then when you get comfortable with that, realize that you can change that every day if you want to. It can be okay, a different exactly. That's the best. I think that's one of the best parts about being a witch is we're not stuck with dogma. That doesn't well, and I think, I think just because of that inspiration, I'm going to spend the rest of today when I'm having magical thoughts, I'm going to wiggle and, and clench and unclench my, my toes inside my shoes. Well, there you go. I like it. Either that or wiggle your fingers and take them off the keyboard for two minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Just say it. Someone said, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Well, blessed winter solstice to everybody out there. This week's tip, trick, or witchy hint is a little bit different in that I'm going to sort of treat it like a New Year's resolution sort of a topic, in that for me, my new year began on the solstice, and for for most people who are out there that stay with the, the muggle calendar, this episode's probably coming out after New Year's. The, uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about is picking a word, a single word or phrase something that is going to become a mantra or that has the ability to become a representative of our key focus for this coming sun cycle or year. Um, to give you an example, the, the, the word that I'm going to be keying on this year, or you could call it my New Year's resolution, is to focus this year on awareness, um, being present. And I, I mean being aware in every present moment. I want to focus on being able to understand where I am, 
at each moment understand what the situation and circumstances that I am in at this moment, what things are happening around me in this moment, and what my place is or my connections between what is going on inside my world and what is going on outside my world from moment to moment. I want to be aware with each and every breath, if I, if I can, I want to be aware of what my place is in each and every moment that I'm in. So my tip, trick, or witchy hint for this coming year is that for Dave, my focus is going to be on presence, being here in this moment and being aware that I am a participant in this moment, um, being plugged in and, and, and turned, tuned on to that. So what is your word? Let's, let's, let's see if we can inspire you or motivate you into coming up with your own word or your own catchphrase or what is it that you want to focus? Um, some suggestions I'm sure some people will think and consider that they want this year to be time for them to focus on gratitude or some people on self-improvement or on responsibility or on uh, becoming a more um, compatible or a more companionable partner. Um, so the tip tricker, which he had essentially boils down to what is your word for the year? Spend some time thinking about what it is in your life that you want your year's focus to be on. And then we'll come back and talk about this at the end of the year and see if we've made any progress or not. So a blessed solstice, a happy new year, and please find your word. Mine is awareness. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember... We are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.